You know it. I know it. We all know it. Next year is creeping up quick. If you're like me and you want to skyrocket your revenue in 2024, then you're going to need tech that puts you in the driver's seat. This new HubSpot sales hub will help you close out the year strong and kickstart your successes in 2024. You guys know I'm a stickler about communication and making sure that the team is all aware. And that's one of the great things about this tool. Your team is going to be able to collaborate on every piece of the customer journey. Sales Hub also keeps your operations running really smooth and allows you to have this prospecting workspace where you can see who is in the mix. And then you're also going to have the thing that we love as operators most, which is some sales analytic tools that are going to keep your data connected across all of the teams that are involved. HubSpot Sales Hub lets you accelerate every facet of your sales operations with precision, something we very much value around here. So finish out Q4 strong, gear up for the new year with this amazing tool. You can learn more at hubspot.com slash sales. This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Gingrich, the founder here at the Ops Authority and also the author and the creator of the Director of Operations Certification Program. So I am really excited to share some time with you today. In this episode, we are going to be doing a DOO download. What does that mean? This is a podcast episode where I come in and answer questions that you guys have asked me. So these are really fun to do, and I think that they give you exactly what you want because these are questions right out of your mouth. If you are having any thoughts about becoming a director of operations, then I have one action I need you to take. Time is of the essence, but next week on Tuesday, November the 7th, we have got an information session booked out for you. It is called Test Drive the DOO. So you can head over to theopsauthority.com forward slash test drive By signing up, we'll make sure that we stay in touch with you and you are prepared to join us on Tuesday, November 7th for Test Drive the DOO. So remember, these episodes are your questions that I'm going to take some time to answer here. They've either come in through our Ops Insiders Facebook group, which is our public group. Any of you guys can join that group. That's where all of the operators, the cool operators are hanging out. So I hope that you'll Take a second and join us over at theopsinsiders.com. But we get questions either there, either in our DOO cohort groups and just along the way. And so the first question that we're going to answer today is how do you handle call no-shows. So you have a call booked on your calendar and the person doesn't show up. This question actually came in from one of our alumni. And the first couple of things I want you to consider are how familiar is this person with technology? How did they get the link to book your call? How close are they to you? Are they a referral? Are they a cold lead? I think all of these questions are really, really important. 
first and foremost, if someone like, let's just say my mother, hi, mom, if you're listening, (laughs) sorry to pick on you for a second, but if someone like my mother is scheduled on my calendar for the day and she doesn't show up, I know that she's not as current with technology and maybe clicking on a Zoom link or finding a link inside of a calendar is just something that she's not really used to doing. That may be the reason that she doesn't show up, right? And then another suggestion or another consideration that I have is if this person came from a really good friend who is a business friend and they're referring you to them and they don't show up, these are questions I want you to ask yourself and to kind of walk yourself through as you start to process what you're actually going to do to handle these call no-shows. So that's just like a little preamble to the information that I'm going to share here. Now, we all know that emergencies happen. Of course, that's going to be one reason that people don't show up. They could have had a scheduling conflict as well. And then also, it also may be technology that has limited this person from showing up with you. I will say, in my experience, if they don't show up the first time, it is a little difficult to get them to show up the next time, but I'm pretty good about giving a second chance. So I want to walk through a couple of different types of calls that we have and give you some perspective on how I handle each of these. Not all calls are created equally. So the first call I'm going to talk about today is a coffee chat, what I call a coffee chat. I'm going to explain what those are because you may use different terminology. So when I talk about a coffee chat, these are really connection calls. They're get-to-know-you calls. There is zero expectation for you to give any kind of a sales pitch. This is really a, a connection call. I like to talk about people's missions, visions, and values, any struggles that they're having at this time. And like I said, it's just to get to know the other person on the other line. It's possible that they may ask you, so tell me a little bit about what you do. And that's what I do with this call. I give them an overview of what I do, but I specifically do not sell on this call, okay? So that's what I define as a coffee chat, and lots of times these calls are booked for like about 30 minutes, and so what do I do if someone no-shows on a call like this? Well, it really depends on your bandwidth and your capacity, Also, what is the reason for the call? Are you connecting just to connect? Do you know why this person is on your calendar? That's why I asked earlier, like, how did they get your link? Is this because a friend gave them the link? Is this because they wrote into your contact form and your admin team gave them a link to get on your calendar? So I want you to really think about why this person is on your calendar. You know that they're there for a coffee chat, so they're getting to know you, but is this a call to develop a relationship so that you can use them as a referral partner in the future? Is this a connection call because a friend recommended that you and this other person get in contact because you could be strategic partners in the future? So what is the reason for the call? Now that you've thought through both of those things, being your capacity as well as the reason for the call, this person didn't show up and now you get to make the assessment on if you want to extend a follow-up to them or not. When someone no-shows or doesn't show up for a coffee chat with me, I go right away to my bandwidth. Do I have the capacity to reschedule the call? And is the reason for the call strong enough for me to extend another opportunity? At the end of the day, they have your link because they scheduled with you. At least I'm using a scheduling software. And so if they're on my calendar, then they have the link. They can go in and reschedule on their own. That is always open to them. The only time in a 
coffee chat situation where I would be the instigator to go back and follow up with them and saying, hey, we couldn't connect. Do you want to connect again? The only time I would do a follow-up like that is if this was a strategic partnership or the what I believe could be the makings of a strategic partnership. But for the most part, everyone knows that a coffee chat is a very, you know, conversational connection type of call. And it's really a gift of your time with the hope that you can deepen a relationship. And there's a lot of things that can come out of a coffee chat, but I'm not going to chase somebody down for a coffee chat generally. Another type of call is a discovery call, or some people call this a sales call. The purpose of this call is to see if you're a fit, to gather some more information, and to give you an opportunity to describe your services with the hope that they say yes, and you are able to send them an invoicing link after this, right? So that's what I call a discovery call or a sales call. So I also describe my processes on here so that the end user knows if they want to move forward or not. So very informative call and it can be a blend of a get to know you, but the intention is to sell your services, at least to describe and to pitch your services. So that's the intention and the person who is scheduling this call should be fully aware of that. Because this is a discovery call, the follow-up for this is going to be much more formal than what I described for the coffee chat, which honestly was maybe not even following up at all. So this is going to require a process or this I follow a process and I want to share that with you today. I'll be on the call waiting promptly at the time that the call was supposed to start, maybe a minute or two earlier. And at the five minute mark, if they have not join the call, then I'm going to send them an email just to ensure that they have the appropriate link. You guys know, I know I have been there where in my calendar, the link isn't there. And then I go to dig into email. So depending on the type of systems that you use and they're comfortable using, they just may have misplaced the link or, you know, not been aware of the time. So at five minutes, I will send them that email. Lots of times this is all that I need, but I will wait until the 10 minute mark. If they have not come on the line, then I end the call. At this point, they are a no-show and it is important to me. I usually do it like right at this time. So about 15 minutes after the call was supposed to start, I will send them another email and that email is going to give them a link to reschedule, let them know some, you know, hey, we miss each other today. I was excited to chat with you. You might even want to say why you were excited to chat with them. And then something that I would add to this that I learned over time is to put in kind of a disclaimer. Like if you're no longer interested in connecting, just go ahead and let me know, respond to this, let me know, and we will update our records. I want to make sure that we are transparent as possible. If this was a scheduling error on their part, you're definitely going to hear from them after this. So again, this is extremely effective. It's simple, it's easy to do, and you usually get a response. Now, if I haven't heard from them, I will send one more follow-up because remember, the intention here is to share your service and to have a sales conversation. So I do want to follow up with them again. And that follow-up is going to take place in about 48 hours after the initial call was supposed to start. And obviously, I'm only going to do that if they didn't schedule. And this will be the last and the final outreach. So the communications in this email are more about just, hi there, I'm following up on this discovery call that we had set for this date. I know you weren't able to make it, but I wanted to reach out one last time. And I do like to tell them one last time. 
and see if you're interested in scheduling some time for us to get together. Here's the link, and I hope to hear from you soon. Now, that is truly the last time I'm gonna reach out to them, and I will want to update our records pending whatever happens after this, if they schedule or if they don't schedule. So that's what I do for in the situation of discovery calls or sales calls where somebody no-shows. The third and final call, which is crazy, but we do need to discuss this because this has happened several times to me and then also from our community, I hear about this occasionally as well. So this is a call that takes place after somebody has paid, right? So this is post-payment. This person has actually paid but you can't get them to get on a call. (laughs) I know it sounds bonkers, but this actually happens. Most of the time, this is at the very beginning of a relationship, like your onboarding or like an intake call. So it is crazy, but they have already paid and they are now ghosting you. You've already taken payment. So from our students and even myself, I felt like, oh my goodness, like they've already paid me. They've given me money. I feel bad having this money. The energetic feeling of that is just bad, (laughs) okay? It does not work out, but it does happen. So how do I recommend you taking care of this? Most of the time when we're onboarding a client after somebody is paid, we want them to complete forms. Maybe the forms or the pre-work that we're giving them is just overwhelming. They don't have time on their calendar because let's face it, they're hiring you because they need help with organizing all the things, getting stuff done. And we've given them one more task that may just be overflowing and either they haven't seen it, they don't have time for it or the mental capacity to go through it. So if you're giving someone a form or a couple steps to do to kick off your relationship, and this is something that I do, then I would absolutely send a follow-up with a reminder one time and say, hey, we're still waiting to get this going. Here is this document. If you can get this back to me, I just wanted to call it out so that we could get moving. I would also acknowledge that if, if this does take up too much you know, mental space. And if they don't have the time to go ahead and set up a call and we could do the forms live on a call and I would take the notes. This is something that, you know, as an operator, someone who can be a little bit rigid, who is very methodical in nature, this can be, it may sound frustrating to you, but this is something that really does make and start a relationship on the right foot. You're getting to know and you're calling out what their pain points are, which is time, overwhelm, maybe even some perfectionism, but you're meeting them where they are and you're saying, hey, this may be what's holding you back and I would like to make this easy for you. Let's hop on a call and do this together. This was the cure-all for the majority of the times that this was happening to me. So I wanted to make sure I shared that with you guys. You can also ask them if this is a time thing, is there somebody else on their team that you could connect with and get this information from? So if this is something that's happened to you, you can endorse this next recommendation. And if it's not something that's ever happened to you, you may be thinking I'm crazy, but this is all lessons learned and things I want to share with you. So Another recommendation I have is for you to consider putting a clause in your contract. I've had to release a client who paid but actually never showed up. Again, that's that like that tainted money where I've got the money and she's paid me, but I feel bad for having it. It was something that I just, I really did not sit well with me. So at that time, I didn't have it in my contract, but I put it in email that we could reconvene whenever she was ready. She contacted me eight months later. 
So I had told her, oh, we'll reconvene whenever you're ready. Well, she came back to me so late, eight months later, my offer had changed, my rates had increased, and yes, it got a little bit messy. So that is what preempted me to put a clause inside of my contract to protect inactivity in the relationship. So I hope that that is helpful for you as you you know just build a, a more solid foundation for your business. It's something that I thought I would never have to do, but having it in there protected me one time after the experience I just shared with you. So these are the three different types of calls that I have experienced no-shows on, and I wanted to take some time today to share with you guys the approach, what the follow-up looks like, so that you can put these processes in place too, because I know we love us some processes. If you're listening to my podcast, there's a great chance that you enjoy listening to other people's podcasts. So I'd like to recommend a podcast that I've been enjoying, and I think you will enjoy as well, Latinx in Power. It's hosted by Taisha Fernandez. It's also brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals like you. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from all over Latin America. I recently listened to one of her podcasts called Harnessing the Power of Silence in Negotiation with Diana Kleps. While I was listening, I couldn't help but think of you and how this could be helpful for you. In this interview with Diana, she talks about what it's like to be a Latina leader in the diversity space. And then another tidbit that I took away was just how significant it is in the sales process to ask a question and to let the silence work for you after that. So join me and listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcast. The second DOO download question that we're going to answer today is how do I handle non-payment from my existing client? Yeah, this is absolutely crazy to me. I don't understand why anybody would expect a service to be delivered and not pay upon it. It's kind of like scheduling an appointment to get your hair colored. You show up, the gal color girl or guy colors your hair and you walk out, but you don't pay. That just doesn't fly. It's a service that's been delivered. And the expectation is that you compensate the person who has performed the work for you. It is really as simple as that. But if you ever find yourself in this position, I wanted to walk through how to handle this or how I have handled this. One thing I want to start with as we dive into this is it is so important for you to protect your boundaries. Getting paid for time spent for sharing your talents absolutely has to be an expectation for doing business. And I know you agree with this. That's why you're here, right? We are in business to make money so that we can live the lifestyle that we want, to bless our families, to, to do what you want to do with your money. That is what you get in exchange for doing work. And so this has to be a boundary that you hold very, very high. The reason I'm telling you this, you may be saying, yeah, duh, Natalie, of course, that's why I do this. I have seen women who have asked me, well, should I give them you know, an extra 30 days to try to pay this? Well, here's the deal. You want to stop work immediately. When there has been non-payment on the very first day, if the expectation is that they pay on the first of the month and it is the end of the first day of that month and you have not received payment, be prepared on day two of that month that you cease any work in their business. So you stop checking emails, you stop doing any communication to the team, et cetera. You want to stop work immediately and you're gonna send an email to the leader. 
You're going to let them know that without payment, there will be no further work done inside of their business. And this is the first email that I send. It's very short. You can send them a link to the invoice, but hear me out. You don't just stop working. You actually have to communicate it to them. You want them to understand that this is a boundary that you have. This is a pure expectation. And you're not going to be one of these people that just kind of hangs around for like 10 days and continues to do work whenever you're not being compensated for it. This is how you stop the behavior. You will know after that first email what kind of relationship, what kind of business, if you can trust this moving forward. But it really does start with the communication of your action, which is you're not going to be working in this business until you are paid. And at this point, honestly, ladies, I don't even entertain any kind of like, oh, a payment plan or do this or do that. Whatever you initially agreed upon is what the expectation is. And if there's any bending on that, then it's time for you to assess if this is a safe place, if this is going to be a productive place for you to contribute your efforts. If I don't hear from the client in seven days and there has still been no payment, then I will send an email letting them know of the next actions. For most of the contracts that I have been in, I just took the high road and I evacuated the relationship and the business. And basically I nullified the contract, which is annoying, but I'll tell you why in a second, but I would just, I would get myself out of all systems. So I would send them an email seven days later and say, I'm going to be terminating this contract. I will seek to repair any wages that have been lost and I will be removing myself from all systems effective this date. So you may be asking yourself, what do I do to get this money back? Here's the reality, and this is just truth talk. It's not something I like or I'm proud of. It's just the reality for where we are. Most of the time, seeking legal action to recoup the damages or the wages that have been lost is more expensive than most of us are going to be able to bear. So this is really unfair. Now, if you have access to an attorney and you want to send them a letter, absolutely send them a letter. I have done this in the past and that was helpful. It's not always helpful, but it can be one other protection mechanism to do. So I wanted to be honest and transparent about that. In a lot of cases, I'm just going to remove myself and start looking for additional work. This is why always making sure that you're in good standing, that you're always having connection calls and you're constantly being visible and referable is really important because you may find yourself in situations like this where it's time to drum up a little bit more work and to fill a void. This can happen for a lot of reasons and this is just one, but this is how I have typically handled it. I have used an attorney in a couple of cases and had mixed results. So for this reason, I think it's very, very important for you to put clauses in your contract around non-payment. Most contracts, even templates, are going to have this in there, but I wanna make sure that you put detail and you put some thought into this. For example, if you're late in paying the invoice by X date, then you're going to receive a penalty fee of X amount. Another thing is if you're five days late, then know that the time that I have saved on my calendar for you to work in your business is going to be released and open to other clients. So however you wanna term that and define that is up to you, these dates and everything I just said as an example. But something that you should consider is to put clauses inside of your contract to protect you around non-payment. Here's another thing that I have run into that I wanted to share. 
Invoicing systems often use a different email address. So if this is like the first month that you're working with somebody and they're receiving their first invoice from you and you don't see that they have paid it, then I would not assume any ill will here. I would reach out to them and confirm that they received the email because it may be coming from a different email and a different server. So make sure that they have received the email before you take any of these actions. This is most likely going to be only like applicable at the beginning of a relationship or when you change your invoicing system. I always know it's so hard to lose this money, especially when you've worked hard to secure the client, but this is an indicator of what the future is gonna look like. There is way too much emotional and financial pain that is tied into behavior like this. I hope this is helpful guidance that can help you in protecting yourself from a client who goes into non-payment as well as what to do if you ever find yourself in this situation. If you've got a question that you would like answered in an upcoming DOO download episode, why don't you head over to theopsinsiders.com, drop that question there inside of that Facebook group, and our team will make sure that it gets answered in an upcoming episode. Before we wrap up today, don't forget that we have our test drive, the DOO info session coming up on Tuesday, November the 7th at 11 o'clock central. You can grab your seat at theopsauthority.com slash test drive. I look forward to having a really rich discussion on what it looks like to be a DOO, who you work for, who's right for it, who's not right for it, and give you a lot of information about how the certification takes place. Tell you the success steps that you will take to become a thriving director of operations. Again, November the 7th and test drive the DOO. Thank you ladies so much for hanging out with me today with this DOO download episode. I enjoyed preparing for it, bringing it to you. And the greatest thing that you can do is leave us a rating and review. So I hope that you'll do that and you'll be hearing from me next week. Have a good one. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.